I could do I've, some foley work for you guys if you want. He does real good foley work. What's foley work? It's a Voice radio radio background noises stuff like. Oh, there, there's police at my door, but no, really, <laughs> I was just <laughs> making a sound on my desk. Why you like? Let me do up the stairs. It's the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the magic kind of radio. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Well, let's hear the treaty door. Can you do that? <laughs> that was actually kind of good. Not bad. Not bad. That was not bad, yeah. No, no, it's becoming something different. What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 39 of Super GG Radio, where two friends feel obligated to hang out with me and chat about video games and all things adjacent. This week, we go over the recap of our Extra Life stream and finally hand in our video game homework with The Last of Us. As a warning, we will have spoilers uh, and a special guest. Joining me, as always, is Fable superfan Joel DeWitt. So, Joel, magic, might, or agility? I am all about that chain lightning. It's a solid choice and a shocking revelation. Uh, the jokes only get worse from here on out, folks. Also with me this week is Pokemon Shield chump Eric Getty Gettinger. What's wrong with you, man? The internet hates new Pokemon. I need to catch them all, okay? Don't you tell me how to live my life, Alex. Fine. Just don't play it during the podcast. I Can't stop playing me. it earlier. I can. You're canceled. Lastly, do you, do you have a far-fetched yet? No, I do not. Nah. I want that surfetched. Lastly, special guest and unofficial Cobra Commander stand-in himself, Kevin Hartwig. Salutations. I think Serpento is bringing some snacks later. Down with the G.I. Joes. Wait, hold on. You said Serpenter. I it's think ser- he's... It's Serpentor. Serpentor. Uh, I think I know <laughs> how to pronounce the second-in-command at Cobra. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> so this week, don't we... don't test me this week. <laughs> That's gonna hurt your voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This week, did. we're gonna start with some of our games that we played for early adopters during Extra Life. Then there's gonna be a couple of short news, brief news bits that we'd like to just touch on a little bit. Then we're gonna go on to some of the backlog blogs, some of the older games we played during Extra Life, as well as touch on The Last of Us. Really go over that video game homework. First, early adopters. Alphas, betas, and games we played explicitly for charity. Let's start with Blair Witch. Yes, Hartwig. Tell me about Blair Witch. Yeah, Hartwig. Okay, you know, here's the deal. <laughs> Hold on. I want to stop for one second and say that part of this is actually going over just some of our highlights. And we're gonna, we're gonna, there's actually going to be a section for some of the highlights. Hmm. But just the game itself, All Hartwig, right. did you like the Blair Witch? Uh, yeah, I did. I thought that it was really, like, lonely. I think that some of it was sort of lost on us because we were playing in such a big group. But overall, it was scary. Especially those uh, those monsters. I guess they're witches. <laughs> well, I mean, it, there, there was, the, there was this, the leaf monster where it was just a giant right. mound of leaves moving around like a snake. Uh, the game is first person, and it kind of goes along those games that are like an outlast, where you don't have any kind of attack mechanic so much as that you just have to kind of run. There isn't a whole know. lot of defense. There was a little bit of attack mechanic with the flashlight. 
Oh, yeah, if you shoot the the Blair Witches with your flashlight, yeah. they would run away. In that aspect, I felt like it was more akin to Resident Evil 7, where you still had a way to defend yourself. It was just really difficult, and I think that anybody else that played can tell you, trying to find the monsters with the flashlight, because you could be, like, scanning back and forth and definitely go over one of them and not realize it. Well, and I remember I was also figuring out at one point how crucial the directional audio was in the game where like we were also not getting that because we were playing it in such a big group to be able to pick out like like if i feel like if you were playing it with headphones you'd be able to oh you'd be much better off you'd be able to track it way better trust me we were able to like point ourselves in a different direction and hear audio coming more loudly from one direction than the other it still would have been better so the point you're making, Hartwood, is that there are these sections where the beast monster thing starts to show up and surround you, and the directional audio is supposed to give you clues as to what area to be turning and pointing your flashlight. Yeah, right? that and the dog barking, I think, too, was like, mm-hmm. uh, like he, the, the game was trying to be like, it's coming, but the monster was so fast that the dog would be like, it's over there right now, but by the time you try to get it, it's already behind you, attacking you. <laughs> So Bullet the dog is essential to the storyline and as well as keeping your sanity during the course of the game. So if we had been able to determine where he was barking at or at some parts, you guys remember getting lost in the tall grass? Yes. Yeah. yeah so if we need, had the and sound on. you use like Bullet to find different item, items throughout the map and also kind of point you in the right direction. We'd be better off. And I think that also would have added to the overall scariness for the individual playing if they had to have headphones on while they were going through it i can imagine being in a dark room with the headphones and being freaked out yeah definitely the the highlight i felt like from extra life with this one was the fact that we gave the controller to hartwig right off the bat (laughs) and he had a whole lot of problems it's (laughs) the control scheme is tough I will give you that. And I'm... and there's no indication. Like, I, I was still like, I, I have no direction, so I have to find some clues. And I feel like, again, I loosened it a little bit for you guys. I loosened the proverbial jar and uh. struggled with it. And my hands hurt and my ego hurt a lot. And then, <laughs> and then I handed the game, I handed the game to you and you guys got those fucking pickles out of there. Um, and they were this delicious. Like, they were, de- they were spicy, but delicious. This was also like the first five or 10 minutes of our stream, which felt like yeah. a bad foreshadowing for what the entire <laughs> event would be. It was like a tragically like, like, okay, I'm wandering around. I'm reading a thing. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. wandering around. I'm still reading a thing. Yeah, I, and then, I mean, I took over after that, and I, I got us farther, but then I got us to the woods where I was more or less wandering in circles, which felt very true to form for the movie. But sure. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't how Detective it was supposed to play out. Detective work is not exciting. Well, I mean, and more importantly, you know, you want to complain about the controls not being well explained. I don't think all the functions are well explained as to how to move on to the next sequential step of the story right mm-hmm. so you know you're kind of looking for kind of, some kind of clue to be able to have bullet be investigating to find the next thing that's going to trigger the next event which basically has you unlock the next story sequence which usually is like bullet running off and you chasing after him but then also there were these parts as we got later into it that 
like Ellis is having like some sort of uh, psychotic episodes <laughs> and going yeah. into like Vietnam flashbacks for some reason. Yeah. And I. I guess I, I wasn't really quite sure what to expect from the story, but I expected something to be a little more grounded to what the movie was, or at least the first movie, right? So the well, first I mean, mo- I, yeah. I want to say that like I, th- I think what it was, it was it's an original tale uh, based off the Blair Witch, and from my understanding, it's actually its own game that they just tied to the Blair Witch. That's kind of like the background story of it. Yeah. But from my understanding, the story was this rogue, this cop, the police officer named Ellis who people don't seem to like, including his boss, and then he just kind of goes, I'm going to go into the woods randomly and find this lost child. Yeah. Well, no, I don't even think it was that. I think that he had gotten removed from the forest due to a traumatic incident with a child, and then he had Bullet to help, like, through his therapy. But I don't even know that he was part of the police force at the time that this game took place. I I just remember that his boss kept saying like why are you doing this by yourself why did you just randomly go into the woods like, See, there's I'm no starting reason to for think that. it's not a, like getting like it's not even his boss anymore it's like yeah. his ex it's like his ex-boss is like yo this is not a good look <laughs> yeah I, I they definitely have a familiarity with each other but i think daddy you have a good point where that it, it very well could have been a situation where he, he seemed agitated that ellis was there in the first place right like, like there was at no point where they were happy to hear from you. <laughs> it was like a begrudgingly, okay, ten four, follow along, whatever. Yeah, because he's and, just and there to help the kid. But right. you know, all things uh, with some of the clunkier parts of the mechanics and the controls, and even with commanding bullet, I still have an itch to finish this game. I don't know about you guys. Well, I mean, we made it relatively halfway in the time that we played, so it's still installed in my house. Just letting you know. Oh, you mean I have to go over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's right by my work. I know. It's <sighs> so convenient. No, it's Boy. not. I hate being <laughs> over there. Now, uh, now, going back to just real quick, I just want to give the, at least the critique that we did experience quite a bit of hitching, uh, quite a bit of pop-ins. So right. I don't necess- and my computer isn't top of the line, but it can handle The Witcher at high. The well, and it, at high. So it, it, it's it's not exactly an impressive looking game either, though. So it's no. it's not it's not a high quality visual effect game. <laughs> so like it, it shouldn't even be that intensive in the first place. But see, I think that's what I was hoping for more of. Like before we started it, was whatever this survival night in the woods is going to be like. It's going to be like a really nicely rendered woods like a 2019 kind of wilderness and it, it did not feel like that mm. yeah. the only thing i'll mention about that too is that when we were playing on the tv it was brighter on the tv than when i glanced over at arona's computer screen uh and, and looked at the stream and the stream actually looked really dark really? and maybe and maybe it could have partially been an effect of us having the lighting too high uh, in the room, well, sure. or the remember, I, I mean, on the TV, yeah. we also set the brightness way too high on the TV to start. Yeah, yeah. I remember be, specifically. But you, doing you guys that. say that, but when we were at the the night part of the level, it was really hard to parse out where we needed to go on the TV. Yeah, that's the, part of the magic and mystery of being lost in the woods. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because you shouldn't be able to see as far as we were able to see. 
I don't know, man. I'm trying to beat a game here. <laughs> you should. It's an experience. Yeah. Just live it, man. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I love it. The 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 game. Uh, it was fine. It was interesting. I I don't know if if it weren't for a charity event or Getty's need to finish games. I don't know. Scary if I would games. I don't, I just hmm. don't know if I would continue. What do you, what's your guys' verdict? Would you guys continue playing this game? I might still go back to it with Kelly while I've still got the Xbox uh, Game Pass. Okay. If uh, I have, I expect if I have that, a walk, yeah. if I have a walkthrough ready at, at the ready with me, and we can just sort of take our time, an hour here, an hour there, a given night to go through it, then it, it might still be up our alley. But we would need a holding hand to guide us through it for sure. Okay. What about you, Kev? I don't think so. I had, I had a struggle <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and no. then and then all the all the healthy ribbing afterwards sort of I was like you know what I'll just catch the podcast where you guys uh break it down. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely follow up on that. I'm in it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 5 hours long at least from how long to beat.com, so that's a reference point for you guys. Yeah, we're pretty good then. Yeah. Uh the next game I want to move on to is Super Liminal. Super Liminal, uh, a game that is best described as a, as, as a very akin to Portal or a Stanley, uh, the Stanley Parable, where you're a first person with a narration occurring every once in a while. And the mechanic is first person, you can grab certain objects, and based on your perspective, you can shift them around. So if you have a small chess piece, and this is a very common one you see in the game, if you bring it up close to you, it will then enlarge and enlarge it? Enlarge it. No, Embiggen isn't the word, isn't it, Embiggen? It's a perfectly cromulent word. Okay. <laughs> it will Embiggen to actually be a massive chess piece now because you have brought it closer to your own perspective. Uh, blocks. I think blocks was the best example. Like yeah, kids blocks. playing blo- blocks. You'd pick up like uh, an A and then you could like drop it. You could lift it up in the air and drop it and become small or bigger depending on the perspective. That's really cool. It's a really cool game. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I actually was super excited that, Alex, you tapped me on the shoulder to do this one. Yeah. And honestly, I probably could have played through the whole thing uh, had it not been for the fact that it was already getting pretty late in the stream. So I know I was tired, and the only thing keeping me alive was playing games at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually went through and beat it. So if you want to come back and play it, uh, I have a chapter select. You can I know where you were. You were just at the end of chapter four. Okay. And it's it's fun. It's simple. It's very straightforward. The puzzles kind of go forward. There's not a whole lot of side stuff to explore. It's mostly just trying to figure out the mechanic in front of you. And each stage brings a new mechanic, which is very interesting. I just kind of felt like it, I, I wanted more of it, and I wanted more variation. And the environments kind of stay the same. They switch between these very, like, brightly colored rooms that have kind of puzzles of how you get above or below or move on to the next spot. How do you open a door? And then every once in a while, you escape those rooms and end up in, like, a CD basement or a CD like, hallway. And then it'll go to the next puzzle room that's really nice and brightly colored again. Well, like the behind-the-scenes, that prey aspect where... At the beginning of the game, you're in that like very sterile-looking environment, and then you break through to the behind-the-scenes and yeah. actually see where you are. 
or it's, even going back to your original comparison of uh, Portal. I, I mean, hmm. the, you, your uh, critique is partially that it was a little too short and they weren't able to really uh, figure out expand. other ideas to expand upon the concept. Well, I mean, Portal 1 was kind of the same way in that they used that limited tool set to try to stretch it as thin as they could, and it took them how many years until Portal 2 where they could expand it into a full game. Now, grant you, we're talking about an indie developer compared to valve but uh, <laughs> of course so i so i don't expect that kind of expansive sequel but uh, hopefully they revisit the concept yeah no the the concept is brilliant i really like it and it goes further in a lot of different ways than you guys can like there's one stage where essentially you shrink and raise or and shrink and and embiggen doorways so that when you go through it and you come out on the other side you're giant or shrunk to then solve the puzzle of moving on to the next door cool yeah so it goes it goes some really bonkers places um and i think the last world you're basically everything is kind of shadows and so you'll see a stair set that's a shadow but it turns out it's painted on the wall and you can't climb up it but it's a doorway (laughs) so you're like oh i'm supposed to walk through this stair shaped gap but i don't know it's a gap you know what i mean it's like it's they really trick you i the puzzles in this one were a lot of fun without being impossible, so I did enjoy it quite a bit. And there's a very slight narration. There's a turns out the story is that you are in a an experiment sleep study, that, a sleep study, and each level is like Inception, where you're going further into another layer of dream. And and as you complete the game, you just keep going further and further to the point that they're like we need to get you out. And the last couple worlds, they're like. You're not coming out. You need to wake up. Wake up. And it's, yeah, it's pretty good. But again, it's very, you hear like two little audio tapes of the doctor talking to you and you get like once, the AI talks like once and once a level. So it's a little bit, again, finite, a little short. And I kind of wanted a little bit more from that. A little more of the world. Hmm. But it really blew my mind, the puzzles, and I'd love to see more. Next, Joel, I kind of requested this of you. You brought us Stretchers. What the hell? That's what I have to say <laughs> this about game it. Game was crazy. <laughs> right? Tell me about Stretchers, Joel. It was probably the most delightful game we had played at that point. Uh, Stretchers is a little indie game that came out on the Nintendo Switch last week or two weeks ago. I forget exactly, but you are basically a pair of uh, paramedics who are going around town, having to go to certain scenes and pick up people who are lying around a certain scene with the case of the dizzies as yeah. they call it and the uh, <laughs> you, you pull out the stretcher by uh, one of you going to the other's back and pulling the stretcher out of a backpack and, and then you can uh, set it on the ground and put as many people as you're able to balance onto the stretcher at a time and then try to carry those people on the stretcher over to your ambulance now is it uh, telling is it telling that my dad used to use the term the dizzies for when someone was drunk <laughs> mm, uh, I don't it, think so. I, okay. I've heard of the term disease before, common. but yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it was referred to drinking, or at least maybe my uh, family did a better job of hiding that fact. I don't know. But <laughs> can I take a second to just appreciate how stupid both of us, at least when Joel and I were playing, when it came to like, hey man, I'm gonna grab the stretcher off of your back. No man, I got it on your back. No man, I'm gonna grab it. Just back and forth like. Somebody should just stop and grab the stretcher at this point, okay? <laughs> you guys circled we, each other for like 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah. we were having a bad communication moment. <laughs> uh, I was still very tired through mm-hmm. the whole course of it. 
Yeah, that was definitely a, a down period. <laughs> yeah, for us, a, a bad moment. Um, I, you know, I, I actually like this game quite a bit. Uh, it's it's uncomplicated. It's not really challenging. It's just simple, silly fun. All the characters are well animated. You know, like they're si- silly animated stuff. It is like you can drive the paramedic, uh, the ambulance around. Yeah, town, the ambulance. And you can like take uh, ramps and bridges and stuff. And as you're driving into things, it'll just knock over like it's uh, like cardboard standing up. Oh, and you get of... points for it too. Thank you for yeah. letting me know I could do that, Joel. Because you're like, nah, man, just run into shit. <laughs> and I was like, really? And I just like plowed through a cement wall or right, a brick the... wall. Well, yeah, because the first thing you think is that it, it looks. I don't want to call it cheap, but it looks really simple in in the way it's structured, right? And so your first thought is it's going to be this hard surface barrier that you're going to just be blocked from doing. But nope, it collapses, and it creates a lot of more fun of just how you can barrel through anything that's not a straight-up building. I feel like this game was a really perfectly timed choice for Extra Life because it was at that like morning hour where... Like, you've been going for a while already, and this is the perfect amount of energy in a game to, like, go through the looking glass. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Like, okay, so when Joel and I first started out, we were doing, like, normal paramedic stuff. You'd go and you'd grab people. You'd bring them back on the ambulance and take them. But then when Alex and your brother, it's Phil, right? Yep. Sorry, Phil. I, I forgot your name for a second. <laughs> so when Alex and Phil were playing, it was like, hey, go set off these fireworks. Hey, chop down this tree. Yeah. <laughs> I had to like, take a step back and I was like, these guys are paramedics, and now you're asking them to do everything else in the town? Yeah, what? just helping out, man. But it's still just... called stretchers. Yep. Yeah, they're stretching yep. their ability to help out the community. Uh... <laughs> <God>. <laughs> You leave the jokes to me. You gave me a really good stretch. Nope. No, go on. Uh, Waka waka. (laughs) Uh, So uh, just as a note, my brother, Phil, actually went home and bought this, and him and his son are playing through it right now. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Yeah. He He says it's just easy enough. And it looks a little, like, overcooked when how silly the characters are and the way they move. Uh, But he says it's just difficult enough for his son to kind of get it and figure it out and use the right button combinations. Well, and I mean, one of the nice things too is that these missions, you usually don't have to use the stretcher or anything. It's just, it really just depends on how high a score you want to get because you can literally just drag these people. <laughs> so that yeah, you can to, just drag the their ambulance. ass. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, if you're like me, take them to the nearest uh, buzzsaw and try to see if it'll decapitate them. But, yeah, we tried that. That was awful. It did not work. <laughs> it no, did it did work. not work. The oh, game's not gory, so. But it was kind of fun to see, like, some of the objects, like the, what? What did we, uh, we kept finding, like, treasure chests and a stuff. A golden axe. Yeah, if yeah. you could bring yeah. that over to the ambulance, you get more points. But So there is at least some replayability in did trying to Did we ever figure out extras. what you got from the higher score or more points? Did it unlock more, or did you get, like, cosmetics out of it? I, I feel like you've got to. I didn't see anything of that. I, I could see it just being about trying to reach a high score yeah Yeah, i'm not sure could very well be so that was stretchers now i want to touch real quick on some of the extra highlights extra highlights Mm. from extra life extra 
So uh, another funny anecdote from Extra Life: Joel playing Silent Hill Two and having a very like just like Hartwig with Blair Witch, having a fun time trying to master those controls. That, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I feel like Joel <laughs> knew how to work it a lot better. Even when I picked up the control, I haven't played Silent Hill Two in years, and watching Joel play was a lot better than what I was able to do. I. I kind of gotten like I kind of remember all of the tank controls, so I, it, for me it's like okay, yeah, I I can handle this one. But uh, it was funny, like hey Joel, use the flashlight. No, no Joel, turn on your flashlight. No Joel, Joel, turn on your flashlight. Yeah, and then it was in the next room after he kept asking him to find the flashlight. <laughs> by yeah, by the time know. by the time you would both said it and then Alec started saying it, it was like five in the morning and I was not in the mood. <laughs> it's not amusing. It's okay. Oh, yeah. uh, let's see. I think the number one highlight, I would say, for most people is I Love You, Colonel Sanders, where we played that game. And I want to talk about it for the podcast eventually. I have it in my notes here for a future episode. Oh, yeah. But I Love You, Colonel Sanders was narrated by Kevin Hartwig in his best Cobra Commander voice. You know, and it's really, it's supposed to be Psychomantis. I've said that so many times. It's not... That- the S's. It's not, the it's S's is what make it Cobra Commander. <laughs> the, I don't need you to tell me what kind of impression I'm trying to do. <laughs> no. And then, um, uh, and then Kelly and Beth were characters, and then Steve was Colonel Sanders himself. You and all turned a very bad game into a very entertaining experience. It was. I, I'll tell I, you I was, that. I was crying laughing at a few points. I, yeah. I, I didn't have any expectation that it was going to go that way when it started because as you know I think dating simulators in general are like very silly um so I thought having the group that we had at the time it was going to be like a lot of talking out loud about who to who to go on another date with or who there really wasn't a lot of choice in this game besides like what, <laughs> Colonel Sanders what, what's the extra ingredient and like even that like there just wasn't so I just kind of ran with it and of course with Kelly and Beth who un- very very unfortunately in my opinion also named the main character Beth. So, like, the, the kind of dialogue <laughs> yeah. that had to happen where, like, it, something very wrong or creepy was happening to Beth, like, we had to use that name. And then, of course, uh, Steve coming in with, like, the smooth creep uh, Colonel really just, like, rounded out the whole thing. And it was, a, it was like, a, a stretch time at the... Extra Life, where we'd have all been going for, like, a while. And and there was, like, a much larger crowd, too, at that point, too. Like, much yeah. more people showed up. Like, And you guys know I, I hate having the attention on me, so... <laughs> the, the funny part was that I kind of felt, after a while, we'd been... Because I think that we played four hours and beat yeah. it. Yeah. But... I kind of felt like maybe this isn't funny. Maybe we're just like slap happy, tired that this is hilarious. I and had then the same thought many times. No, then our friend Nate came over, uh, who is a listener. So sup, Nate? And he came to the show fresh as a daisy. Didn't slept fine. Wasn't at any of the extra life events. Just I had came him rolling. To hang out. And he died the entire time. I was actually. I it's funny oh. you mentioned that because I was using him as a cue. Yeah. For like, is what I'm doing good? Okay, good. He's rolling on his back right now. Um, so at least one person 
No, I asked him. I asked him, and I asked him, and he goes, "Oh no, it kept being funny it, oh, the entire time." Good, and, and people on chat, people on chat were uh, approving too, like that they, they were enjoying it too. So Kevin's you, improv, so on point. That's what people <laughs> really loved because you could see the text show up on screen, and then he would say something completely <laughs> different that would just and, uh, kill it. It really got or away just, from me. Or just give your meta commentary in the middle of narrating. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just think there's a lot of angles that we can look at this from. I well, can't... that's a that's now an extra life tradition. So maybe if not another dating sim comes out, we will be playing Hate a Full Boyfriend, the one where your pigeons dating next year. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Well, I, you'll, need, you'll you'll know to stretch your vocal cords before. Uh, yeah, I have to think time. of a new voice. Unless Please. you guys wanted to be I, that I, one. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of love the idea of it just being the same exact voice every time. Well, I suppose I could just perfect this one. <laughs> uh, the next, uh, for a good chunk in the afternoon, we did a Tournament of Power, where we played several different party games that I that I think are a lot of fun, especially with like four, pe- four to five people, all with Xbox controllers just going nuts in these party games, which we did tournaments and... People accum- accumulated points based on their ranking, so it was golf rules. If you got first place, you only got one point. And you're trying to get the lowest, which, to no surprise, Getty won the Tournament of Power. And I proudly have displayed my penis trophy above my computer. Very nice. Yeah, it, it still wasn't very clear throughout whether the winner or the loser got which one. <laughs> <laughs> no, first so, like, place first and got second the, place. the peen, and second place got the boobies. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought it was going to be last place gets the peen, and first place gets the v- vertical boobs. Well, Kev, I don't know what happened when you went home, but I know that I took home a golden penis with me, so. <laughs> it's because you're number one. Yeah, and Alex is number two. Two boobies. There, it, makes, it just makes sense. Hmm? And then, uh, just to add to that tournament of power... I wanted to play a mystery game, one that we've threatened, one that we've joked about, one that we've said this Jesus is all awful. Jesus Christ. For, played, it feels like it's been years. We that, played genital this, jousting. Uh, Not as bad as I thought it would be. It was Steve worse keep than playing. I thought it was going to be. Like, we stopped playing, we finished the tournament of that of genital jousting, and then Steve goes, hey man, if we just keep playing, we'll unlock another costume for that penis. Yeah. Yeah. Another penis <laughs> costume if we just keep going. No, um, I, I, one point that I have to say about this is uh, my wife, Samantha, uh, throughout Extra Life, popped in a few times just to like see how things are going. And one of the times she popped in, we were just smack right in the middle of eating hot dogs with our buttholes and uh that was just like she's just like how's things going throws on a stream bam that's the image that's that is the super gg way and i just thought that was perfect i already said i apologize for all that she witnessed it was wonderful uh and then last for the the finale, Getty planned, we got seven player smash, all items. Ugh. I could not find my character. I, and I had just the one Joy-Con. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> By the time I would maneuver my character around, I was off the screen. Again, be happy you knew how to move your character, because I just couldn't see it with how many Pokemon and trophies were on the stage. Mm. Everything was out of control. I'll tell see, you what. I, 
um, by this time, if you'll carefully pay attention to the stream, I was strung out in the rocking chair. <laughs> At what yeah, point uh, you, you offer me a controller, and I'm just like, nah, I can't even, I can't right now. Yeah, I was dying by that point, and I think I played pretty well on Smash, but I think it was just because, like, I needed something to focus my <laughs> attention on or I was doing the trash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Alex, one, one yeah. more thing. Yeah. We beat Overcooked. We beat Overcooked. You oh, my God. It. it was epic. It was so good. I, I had been trying to beat that for years, and that was one of my go-to party games that I kept bringing to people's houses, and that one game, that save file has been going for a long time with different people just like okay we just beat a world and then i would stop playing and then i'd get more people together oh we beat this other world and just over time over time and finally i just like we need to beat this game. we did it it's so how many how many stages are there in that game then now that it's so many i think there's 10 per world and i think there's six six or seven worlds before we move on to something else i want to while we're still in tournament of tournament wow tournament of power (laughs) I think I am fully sold on Gang Beasts, and I kind of want—I kind of want to play it. I, I want to own it. I want to master play professionally. it. I really do. It was mm. the—it was, I think, the most fun that I had with any of the multiplayer games. But that it we was played so throughout. physically exhausting because it, at some it, points you would just go head to head with somebody for over. Well, like and three especially minutes, there was like, a lot trying of to pick them up, knock there was them a lot out. of fresh bodies happening. Well, I guess in the tournament there wasn't, but like later on we were playing, and there was a lot of fresh hands there, and like, <laughs> um, but no, that that game, I I remember playing it when it was in beta, whatever beta, yeah, and with Alex. It was still good, but it was real janky, <laughs> and it was more funny than it was like fun to play. This was fun to play. Knockouts um, lasted a lot longer in beta. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It, yeah, I'm sold on it. I definitely remember headbutting somebody, them completely passing out for, like, 15 seconds, and <laughs> you having the ability. You, but I, I like the ability to be able to, like, reach down, grab them, lift them up, and they're just still, like, a corpse, like, corpsing out. Sure. <laughs> like, man, you could do a lot more, throw, like, throw someone off of a, over an edge with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was our Extra Life highlights. And I'm a little hungover still from Extra Life. So let's try to take some news and get some room for some more because we're going into the backlog blog. Okay. Thanksgiving jokes are over now. Let's take a break. And we're back, back with the news. Not all the news, just the news that we feel like we can get some commentary out of. Uh, I'm going to switch up my notes here and start off with the Game Awards, if only just to explain, hey Kev, Yeah. the Game Awards are hosted every year by Jeff Keighley. And, well, he has a host, but Jeff Keighley kind of puts it all together. He's a, he's a guy who's famous in the games industry. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole live show, and they have like a band play like they have like a play there i think this year is like what green day right did they say green day that's a big get got no idea is it yeah 
And and the thing is, the game awards are kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it's online only. Sometimes it's televised. When it was televised, they had uh, Joel McHale host. Yeah, those are my favorite years. Yeah. And uh, Joel McHale hosted. <laughs> That's great. And let me tell you about this. Joel McHale did not want to be there, and he made it very clear. <laughs> That's the best. Ver- That's the best version of Joel McHale. Absolutely. Except for the fact that he just like <laughs> literally just kept making fun of gamers, being like, "Oh, you guys like this game, nerds." It's like, what? It's the uh, game awards, know. dude. <laughs> I don't know. I, I stay. Yeah, I'm with Hartwell. That makes it better. <laughs> I it miss. Just, yeah. Hey, it's a personal PSA here. I miss Joel McHale. Oh, the soup. Oh, beyond yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. Too. Okay. So the game awards nominees, they came out this week and the the thing the two categories we wanted to talk about were game of the year and fresh indie game presented by subway <laughs> efresh hashtag efresh, efresh hashtag ad. uh so game of the year your options your option you can vote but uh the the nominees are control death stranding resident evil 2 sekiro shadows die twice super smash brothers ultimate the Outer Worlds. It's worth noting, Hartwood, that Jeff Keighley is super Kojima fanboy. Like, it, it, ever since He's Kojima, in Death Stranding. Yeah, ever since Kojima had the following with Konami, he has been gushing very uh, publicly Got about it. his he's, love. He's one of those. Yeah, and, and like Arona said, he's in Death Stranding. He has been, like, promoting the shit out of it on Twitter and stuff. He's, well, he's in it? Like... Yeah, yeah, his face. Uh, like they, <laughs> <laughs> this should this should be the, the Jeff Keighley Death Stranding. Do you, are you awards, hearing my deep uh, breath? Hideo Kojima production, plus knuckles, <laughs> plus knuckles. <laughs> Jeff Keighley mocap done by. Yep, a, hol- and, uh, a hologram. <laughs> oh Kevin, God. can you get to Metal Gear Five yet so we can talk about some of the stupid Kojima shit that happened in that? Can yeah, because you're not can, even can at I the, ask you a the question? stupid Kojima shit. We're at some. There's plenty of dumb Kojima shit happening. No, no, right no. now. In no, the game. you're you're not at peak Kojima. Alex, I'm not at permission Pete to spoil Kojima. it a tiny bit. No, just a tiny bit. You can give a hint. Okay. Do you need credit scenes for all of your cutscenes? <laughs> there we go. That's good. There you go. That's that's my I hint. Hate you. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me that. I wish. I wish. You know what? It, 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 well, that was a spoiler. That was a minor, mm-hmm. a minor spoiler for the game, but it was a major spoiler for my life, personal feelings right now. <laughs> I just want you to know that I hate that. Uh, so, I can't so even. Guys, I, out of this list, to, okay. out of this list, what are you You're tossing like, out? All right, I'm gonna toss up right away, and I know like, again, I, 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 we have a, do a Google Hangouts, Boo. and no, it was don't do it. Smash just, Brothers does not need to be on here. It doesn't. That's, that's okay, cool. but what? Just give me what you want out of these games. What you really, really want? All right, well, I have my game of the list thing here. Uh, my list. No, no, you don't have to look at a list. Just tell me how do you feel out of these? What oh, five, six games? These are these are good. This is a good list minus you know Smash Brothers. Death Stranding. I mean, where's uh? I'm surprised there's no like. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't get to like uh the fire. I'm surprised by Fire Emblem not being on uh, here. Okay, yeah. Is I'm Red, surprised that Division Two is not on here. What about Red oh. Dead? 
That was last no, year. Was I, think. Was, so I guess it was just the PC release this year. That's fair. Yeah, so they they usually know by the first time it was released. All right. Even like Apex Legends, I thought like made such a, a big enough splash that I'm surprised it's not. On it here. did. Or, it has like uh, I think it's one of the categories for ongoing games. All right. So if you're not going to throw out a name, uh, notwithstanding being able to play Control, because I still want to play that before the end of the year, I would say Resident Evil Two, out of all of these options. Not because it's original or it's something new, but because it is a definite reimagining, uh, and I played through it twice. I enjoyed it. Okay. These are always my problems with these Game of the Year kind of award stuff, is that I've only played Smash Brothers Ultimate and maybe an hour of Sekiro. So, like, it's... I, I don't have a good enough uh, breadth of experience between all these. I, I play an hour of the Hour of Worlds, too, but, like, I... I don't know. I... I Smash Brother belongs. It rates. Get out of here. I I'm gonna right. jump in here and say that it's definitely the Outer Worlds, and I think for me the reason is not just because it's a great game, which it really is, but the pressure on them um, to make something disconnected from Bethesda uh, and still well, it have is Obsidian. It, so well, correct, correct. But I mean, especially with how things went with them not working together with Bethesda since New Vegas and all the bad shit that's happening with Bethesda lately. Well, um, Obsidian, I was a huge fan back when KOTOR 2 came out, so... Sure. Uh, Alex, we didn't get an a, an award uh, choice from you, so what is it? Oh, Outer Worlds. And the thing is, though, is that okay. I hate Fallout games. Okay, so we got two for Outer Worlds. Uh, Joel, you said Smash? By default, I have to do a Smash, yeah. And I said Res. Okay. No, oh, that's that's pretty good. Okay, sorry to like push it along, but I just I, I think we're gonna get a better chance to talk about it after it happens. No, yeah, no, and again, I don't like I don't like Fallout games, and I was like, yeah, out of worlds in a second. So, okay. were you on Fresh Indies? Fresh Indies, presented by Subway. Eat fresh. Hashtag it. Eat fresh. Uh, Disco Elysium. Kevin uh, game. Grizz. What? At Disco Elysium. That's yep. a it's a Kevin game. I will yep. definitely play that game. All right. Report back. Uh, they got Grizz. Jared Fodal Simulator. Uh, eat for my eat friend fresh. Pedro. It's my friend Pedro. Uh, Outer Wilds. Slay the Spire. And Untitled Goose Game. Now, uh, I would definitely go with Untitled Goose Game, but I've heard great mm-hmm. things about Slay the Spire, too. Uh, Outer Wilds, 100%. I have not played Outer Wilds, and I am Outer Wilds, 100%. Okay. It's just, it, it's... Everything you wanted the, and more. The, well, I mean, for, for an indie game, it is a pretty expansive experience, and it really scratches that curiosity and exploration kind of feel to games, and storytelling that kind of threads you along by little bits of information as you encounter other species of that can communicate with you and thread along story with you, and... It has a nice loop that you sort of start from the beginning each time you die. And I, I just, I don't know, it hit all the right spots for that. And I like Untitled Deuce Game a lot, but I also think it's kind of a one-trick pony that uh, Outer Wilds feels a little more than that. I just have I, to say honk, 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 honk to you. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt like Untitled Goose Game was a little bit limited in its scope. So Outer Wilds did, and I didn't, I again, I didn't play that much with Outer Wilds, but from what I, I watched Joel play and I've watched a couple other people playing, it just really, it really sticks out to me as something that I can't wait to try. K- 
Kev, uh, any input on any of these? Well, I have not played any of these games, but based on the memes alone, I gotta go with Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, that's my I, only reference point, to be honest, and it's a really good one. No, the 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 zeitgeist around Untitled Deuce, Deuce Game itself is its own game. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. Okay, so that was the Game Awards and their Game of the Year nominees. Uh, next, we're going to start at the top of our notes with Valve announcing an, a new Half-Life VR game, Half-Life Alex, which takes place between Half-Life 1 and 2. I got to play those games. I still haven't played any of the Half-Lives, but this trailer looked like it had the right amount of humor, the right amount of the right amount of gameplay that looked interesting and neat and not just on the rail shooter. I, I'm pro this one. It looks like a Half-Life game. Sure does. Sure Will does, I and I play it? I don't know. It, it looks fluid in a way that a lot of VR games don't look, so uh, I'll say that as a positive to it. But it, it's, it, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those. It's a shooter. You've got the floating hands not attached to a body, and you're responding to stuff around you from the, what the trailer's showing. And, and I, I'm also not one that's been too attuned to the Half-Life world outside of Portal, so this isn't quite for me. Okay, so, so Kevin, you've played all the Half-Life games, right? Yep. So you and I are in the same boat here. When you saw the trailer, it felt like a really good Half-Life game, too. It, it really did. Um, and when I saw the trailer, it's been a while since I've played them, but I definitely have played them. And when I saw the trailer, it definitely brought me back enough that after I was like, let's watch some footage from the old games. And I was like, they f- it feels like a Half-Life game. It feels just right. Like you, just like you said. And some of the m- mechanics that they showed, um, particularly the one that got me, was some kind of like hacking that that mm-hmm. that she was doing with her finger like tracing wires and a thing that i think there's a lot of a potential and i have long been a person that's been like vr is a gimmick and it'll be fun but it'll never be something that i personally will buy into for any reason um i only expect to ever play it at other people's places this, even though like I don't expect to go out and buy things immediately for it, this definitely is the first thing that's intrigued me to the point where I'm like, man, if VR could go this direction, and like Half Life is the franchise to to get it's people true. on board, that's that's the way you go. Oh fuck, there's a new good VR game, and it's Half Life. Because that's um, what it was. If you, uh, I assume you played it like growing up, like I did, where yeah, my brother yeah. was like, "Hey, check out this game!" Like, holy shit! Like, this is a lot of fun. And then Half Life Two comes out when we're in high school, and I'm like, "Well, I have to upgrade my computer so I can play yeah, this." Because yep. if you weren't playing it, that was like the pinnacle of of first person shooters of video games at that time. So now for them to Valve to dip their toe in VR, it feels like they probably took the time so this is gonna be yeah. i'm hoping really nice but same. at the same time it could be yeah that kind of yeah, and the only the, so plug. the so the only a couple things that i've heard are that like it's somehow about her trying to find a some special weapon and then the other thing i read was that the weapon is not the gravity gun 
from from the other games. So whatever, hmm. yeah. So I, it looked like the shots of the city or whatever was happening. It's very like oh fuck, Half Life. <laughs> yeah. And there's been so much like another thing that's been memefied to to death. Um, for de- like decades now, <laughs> is uh, Half Life Three. Yeah, confirmed. So, yeah. so the idea is sort of like surreal. Still, you're like, okay, but is it? And then looking at that, it's like, I think it is. <laughs> Half Life Three. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not, they're not calling it that, and I think they're kind of sticking away from it as far no, as no. But but the point is that like if they go- if they get good reception for it. Like they could make more. Like I mean, half, look at the release Life is date. A good universe. Yeah, it's coming out first quarter it's, next like they're year. They're done right? with this game. So uh, they've been working on it for a yeah. very long time. Valve doesn't screw around when it comes to this kind of thing. Like, and presumably they have like if if there's money in them doing this, which I think there is, why not do more? I guess yeah. people have been asking that for years. <laughs> Well, they also made uh, they also made the they, they're kind of in the VR game themselves, you know, making these whole you know making the whole VR headsets. And oh, sure, whole, yeah. absolutely. It being like a Steam VR thing, which I think is what what I was understanding, like makes the that makes sense. With Valve, it's about opportunity cost. So, like after Episode Two of Half Life Two, they yep. the joke was that they were making hats instead for tf2 right because they were selling those as individual purchases and, ha- right. and, for and, and then, and then they have moved on to, to a moba and that sort of consumed all their time and it kind of atrophied over time and half-life 3 became this big meme and i think i'm guessing more than anything they probably waited for all the fervor to kind of die down a little bit yeah there's there's no way they could have met the expectations so now there just are none Right. Like I like like it's, oh, it's I don't know I mean for well, us it's probably a little okay. bit higher than for people like Alex and Joel who haven't played okay, it. But, sure, I, but I would agree. But like, like even me, I'm like you're okay. not expecting anything revolutionary, right? Though you're you're expecting to be able to jump back into that world, have the same kind of good no. writing and world building, and definitely yeah, revolutionary I almost, yeah, to toy around with some new uh, weapons. But like because Half Life Two, the whole deal was that their physics engine was unlike anything else at the time right exactly from the first one to the okay so the first one it was still pretty revolutionary when it came out and then when the second one came out the physics engine was top of the line so going into this i'm expecting for it to be uh do you guys watch the trailer you know the scene where she's like uh rummaging through and she finds a shotgun shell and then all of a sudden there's a guy to her left and then she like turns and shoots i expect it to be a lot f- more fluid like that where it feels natural maybe like it's living a cutscene. i'm expecting ramos levels of disappointment from you when this well comes out. i i, see, I, don't I know, know ramos that. and i'm disappointed <laughs> <laughs> we can all be disappointed in ramos he is the fizzle so oh rough okay on, part is on the podcast <laughs> I'm moving us forward. Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> go on. The the last bit of news, uh, Stadia launched to a resounding do not buy from gaming press. How's that, guys? Uh, yeah, tell us, <laughs> the two of we, you. Well, I think we we'll will... save our long-form impressions for another day, but yeah. <laughs> there, we're going to do, uh, do another bit about it. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, though, as for right now, 
Joel seems to be having an okay time. I am having a not great time. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some more. I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, but uh, as far as the early adapter is concerned on this side, I'm not particularly pumped on it. I also, I understand why the Damien Press has done this <laughs> to Stadia, because if you're selling it as a product, uh, you deserve to be scrutinized for having something sent out that's perceived as half-baked. But also, like, it's been known for a while that this is more or less a paid beta for this thing. So I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, prognosticating about like the feasibility of it being a viable service long term that isn't based in some rational thought, but I'll I'll leave it at that. At least you yeah. got a couple of months free. Oh yeah, yeah. and, and I, um, I have a use for a Chromecast anyway, so it's like whatever. Plus, uh, we actually had a segment a while back called "How Do You Stream," where we tested out some of the streaming capabilities of what was available. And now we're going to do a second How Do You Stream because there are so many more new streaming capabilities for us that we have tried and played. So we're going to move forward on that in the future. All right. All right. But for now, that was a long, short news week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank God, because we're still covering so much from Extra Life. Someone left a Superman t-shirt at my house, and I haven't pinpointed who yet. Hmm. Not me. Not me. So uh, let's take another break and finish up the backlog blog slash video game homework. And we're back, back with the backlog blog, where we played games that were part of a streaming service that we had forgot existed. For this one, Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2, we played this on PS Now, and it was a lot of fun. Joel had talked about trying to play through all of them, and I thought this was a good primer to, to let you, to remember and remind you what you were, what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Joel, Silent Hill 2, tell me what you thought of it over as you played it now. Uh, tank controls. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of tank controls. Uh, sort of a blank, uh, blank-faced <laughs> protagonist. Like, uh, that, I know that's kind of a feature of the PS2 days, or at least early PS2 days and PlayStation One days. Sort of these character models that were very polygonal and nondescript. <laughs> this, and he just had as I mean, for the most part, you're not looking at his face, so it doesn't matter, but I, especially when you're going to the save function, it's just his profile. <laughs> it's right you can there. say it. We called him Fat Leon. As <laughs> a nod to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys played Resident Evil 2, the original, lately? Not not lately. It, it looks awful. Of course. Just, just like, <laughs> complete. I, I, I booted it up just to do the intro sequence to show Kelly once, and I was curious. It, it just, he looks like hot garbage. He has these kind of, <laughs> like, these these bang-slash-dreadlock-looking messy hair things. <laughs> that was just and, the style at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's not Silent Hill 2, and this is, and... It you know it, it's a product of its time in that you are exploring around, sort of uh, eliminating every possible dead end to narrow down where your next route is. I, I actually what I did appreciate 
or learned to appreciate was when I was first wandering around in the town of Silent Hill, I was kind of meandering until one of you brought up that there was a map, and when it noticed that he was marking the map off of dead ends and stuff, mm-hmm. that was a cool little detail that I don't recall many games having back then that uh, distincts itself from other survival horror stuff that I had done before. So it's very slow, very plotting. You feel very weak and vulnerable to all the enemies, which you should. Uh, the the beasts around the area are, are disturbing and have a sort of skittish nature to the way they run around, which, you know, it's like a spider almost, so it kind of lends itself well to that creepiness to it, too. And uh, there were some good musical cues, too, where it was clearly trying to, like, forewarn you, hey... You're leading up to uh, something freaky or scary. It, it did well in the few spots that I remember. Yeah, and then there was the radio that would give uh, just static right when an enemy was around, mm-hmm. and just in the fog, the, the 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 fog that covered everything, and it's just like making it so hard to see throughout it. It was like soup. Yeah, yeah. It's it is something that I, I struggled with at the time, and I think part of it was obviously that it was like three to six in the morning, so. I was already irritable <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I wasn't in the right mindset to play something like <laughs> Damn. this. Damn. But I, I think that under the right conditions, if I had gotten a normal night's sleep and the kids are in bed and not <laughs> not awake to hear what's happening, I, I might be more inclined to play this again. And, I mean, we, we have 2 and 3 and 4, I think, as part of the PlayStation 3 collection here that mm-hmm. I got from Amazon a while back, so the opportunities there. It's just I, I think we need to go through Man of Badan first before I open ourselves up to more survival you, horror games. You know how I feel about that. If you want to give me a shout-out, We I'll still definitely... need to do that sometime. I just I, I need to get Kelly and I to sit down and play it ourselves first. Hey, worst-case you... scenario, next year, I don't know when the next one's coming out, but maybe we do that as a movie night. Yeah, because uh... it's an anthology, right? They're going to mm-hmm. come out with several different small stories. Yeah. Yeah, first I think you meant like so, like play online. You can play online with your friends, and then it'll be. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that was Silent Hill Two. Uh, real quick, just shout out to uh, Gaming Fix, our friends over there. We're oh, helping thank us out God. throughout that. Yeah. All right, now let's move on to Cuphead. It is a very difficult platforming shooter, Bullet Hell. Uh, I, of course, have a lot of fun playing this game. If anything, for just the cartoonish art style and the way it looks like a 1920s, 1950s cartoon. Getty, what did you think? You haven't played Cuphead before, right? Oh, yes. Uh, my comment is, God damn it. And <laughs> Mugman drinking himself. And I have no idea what's going on. So this game is absolute insanity. If it were not for Alec... Another listener of the show and a longtime uh, hombre. It's uh, it's crazy. He yeah. helped me through a couple of the levels. Uh, if it weren't for both of us being like really easy to pick up a controller and and figure out what's going on, I don't think we would have made it as far as we had in the couple of boss fights we did together. But man, this game is I I kind of hate it and love the abuse at the same time. It's like a bad relationship. So did he say that when you play with more people that the enemies scale up? They do. Do they yep. scale up, like, geometrically, where it's, like, twice as hard if there's two, three times, or is there... There's, well, there's only there's yeah. only two players. Oh, it's only two. Okay. Yeah. So you would they would just get, like, double health or, like, another phase. Interesting. And uh, uh, w- funny enough, the story is almost like Preacher, where 
you made a deal with the devil and he gets your soul unless you go and get all these other souls for him and you are going around and those bosses are you collecting souls for the devil boy i missed that <laughs> uh it, it wasn't really explicitly explained it's explained in the intro story got it and then after that it's just gonna go yeah i was, we rolling, I was rolling divinity hell. at that point yeah hmm. my last comment is that joel is the moon master I don't remember the context of that. <laughs> I just felt like uh, the one stage that you, uh, I think you and I were playing, and then you were able to like finish it. Maybe it was the Mummy Master. Yeah, I think it was a Mummy. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Like halfway through that, I was definitely like dead to the world. I don't know how I finished the Tournament of Power. So, yeah, you will. You just and us all. and one. Yep. It's like Michael Jordan's Dom- flu game. Not one dominated. Yeah. No, I didn't. If I had dominated, I would have won everything. But Steve, uh, he had Duck Game. Alex had Mount Your Friends. Although General Jousting, very, very easy for me to dominate in. I don't know what that says about you. I don't know. It feels like a personal humble Mm. brag. (laughs) But I did have a bunch of people ask me about the game and where they can purchase it, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's 69% off on Steam right now. (laughs) I think I got it for like five bucks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is it really uh, yeah yeah they do that a lot actually they do that a lot 69 percent off mm. Okay, so with the Last of Us on the hori- Last of Us Two on the horizon, we took the time to play. Some of us replayed uh, the Last of Us One for video game homework. Uh, let's do spoiler warnings all around here because we're gonna go in depth. We're gonna talk about the game. We're gonna go from top to bottom. Uh, Kevin has not beaten the game, but he has played it enough that he knows what's going on to the extent that he wants to and is comfortable yep. moving forward on getting this game spoiled. All right. So let's start about the story, pre-twist, pre-ending. Let's talk about getting to know Joel, and Not our Joel. on and meeting uh, Ellie. Shut up, Joel. No one's talking about you. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to know me. <laughs> so Joel, you're the you're the fresh-faced, never touched this game, and Hartwig, you as well. What did you guys think of Joel meeting him for the first time, and then getting to know him over the course of the game? Uh, I felt like he was a very, like, a natural character. Like, it didn't feel out of place, given the obviously crazy circumstances. I felt like there was a lot of weight to what he was saying. And then, of course, you know, when he meets Ellie for the the first time, they're like, it's obviously, like, making him think of his his daughter. So, I don't know. It It was very real. I was, like, invested in it. And I had it on hard difficulty, so you guys have your deaths listed, and I have like hundred. Like I, I didn't wasn't even keeping track. Why did you put it on hard? Uh, it's I have like a natural tendency to the same thing happened when I played the Wolfenstein games, where I'm like I should just put it on hard by default, and then I struggle so much in a game that really is about blasting motherfuckers, <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, and then I end up petering out on it. So that's kind of what happened with me in this until I turned it to a, an easier difficulty. 
which was much more manageable. So Joel as this character is this, I mean, post-prologue, he is almost kind of nihilistic. I mean, he's very, you know, whatever you do to survive, uh, everybody else be damned except for his partner Tess, who is you presume to have been in cahoots with for a while. Uh, not clear whether they're romantically linked. But oh, they are. You, okay, so you think I'm, so? I'm I think they it. were. I think they were a little ambiguous, but left it open to that possibility. Uh, you kind of imagine they hate fuck mostly, <laughs> if yeah. that's the case. Yeah. But uh, we we have to touch on that prologue briefly, though, where you, you start the game as this girl, sort of waking up from bed and kind of uh, slowly making her way down through her house with the lights off, middle of the night, wondering where her dad is. And her dad shows up and basically closes the door behind him and says, we have to get out of here, more or less. And they go out and meet up with that man's brother and uh, that man who's her father is Joel. And they basically reconnect, try to find their way out of danger, I I presume out of the city. And you're hearing details about some sort of virus outbreak as you're going through all these steps. And it is this kind of struggle to find your way out because everybody else is freaking out and leaving. And I forget, is it a car accident that happens that tips Uh, over the truck? So, yes. Yeah. It's so they, no no you they, get they, you, uh, they get in a car and they're trying so, to escape all the madness. You get out of the truck. The, the truck doesn't tip over, but you get in, you do get into a car accident and you have to jump out. Yeah okay, but yeah you you start to drive towards the exit of the town, but it's in the same direction as the hospital, which mm-hmm. it's already overrun with the zombie s creatures. So after you get out of the truck, you have to book it. Right, but at some... See, I thought that there was a car accident because she gets her leg broken, I think. Or at least, like, a sprain of some type because Joel ends up carrying her. And as they're trying to run to escape, he's walking through, like, a grass area, and they encounter some kind of soldier that is stopping them from getting to a bridge. And... He's sort of, like, talking over the radio, and you're hearing, like, oh, well, he has a girl with him, you know, or a kid with him. And they show him basically taking orders and starting to pull a gun up towards him while Joel's brother sort of pushes them out of the way after the shot goes off. But his daughter is the one that ends up getting shot. Mm-hmm. And the scene ends on him trying to trying and failing to stop the bleeding. And his daughter is, like gasping and squealing and i'm like i'm i'm starting to get a little choked up just talking about it here because it's just well you got kids so knowing that that was the that was what joel had to go through video game joel is kind of really difficult to deal with especially i you didn't even get to play it it was sarah right yeah Yeah. for a very limited amount of time but even the way that the game it's naughty dog so you know that they're going to invest a lot in the characters they're going to set up this environment they're going to set up this world that makes you feel for them and uh, even that far into the game you get the feeling that like joel is all that she has and he is all that or she is all that joel has so it's really difficult to deal with 
just to start the game and that's well, we're, we're not even like an hour in and, and that final sequence of it is just so heart-wrenching because yeah. of it's so well acted like it the the person who plays his daughter has these believable sounds of somebody panicking while dying and he is just besides himself in grief and and sobbing basically and it it, it somehow threads the needle of being dramatic without being overwrought because i think sometimes these kind of moments can be overacted in a way that feels uh trying too hard right yeah i uh completely agree especially with that last point that like it was it felt very real like this is how you would freak out but it didn't feel over the top like so much kojima <laughs> yep it always and, ends in Kojima with me. It, then, you know, until I'm done. So then the game progresses where you see now Joel afterwards in this post-apocalyptic world where society has broken down and Joel is now a hardened smuggler uh, smuggler who is only... It's, the, it's, it's, you got to focus on you and you alone and he's got his partner Tess. And, there's a time skip too, right? It was like yes. eight or ten years. Yes, because and that's what I was saying is like it's fast forward and we've been in this post-apocalyptic world now. So now then they get they somehow fall into a task of now we're gonna be we're gonna smuggle this girl and she has been infected and but it has not turned her into one of these the world's been turned into zombie creatures that are basically fungus yeah plant zombies yeah mushroom growing out of their face terrible yeah <laughs> clickers are horrifying. So yeah, what it, what it, and it comes down to is that you have to struggle this girl, and uh, Tess dies along the way trying to save you guys, uh, which is very hard and and very like hard to watch. I think I think that was a, a a very interesting bit just because you have to watch her like try to stop everybody while you're trying to escape, and you can stay and watch, or you could just kind of run out of the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah, he's yeah, already been he... through so much, and then at that point you're like, well, how could things go worse? Oh, yep. Nope, the one person that he has that he trusts is gone. So so, so now he's stuck with this like 14 or 15-year-old girl who you're trying to do a job of uh, carrying her over to a group called the Fireflies, which is like this resistance group uh, trying to work outside of the control of these military bases <laughs> to find a cure somehow for this infection, you know, this yeah, disease that's been rotting. You, the woman that you meet at the beginning, uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's there at the end of the game, too. So you have to wonder why... I, I know why Joel was taxed, tasked with it, because she was hurt at the time, but she made it across country so much faster than he did. She does say, though, that she starts kind of mentioning off offhandedly all the stuff that she had to deal with to get there, and it was a lot of the same stuff that they had, like that Joel and Ellie experienced throughout the game. So I thought that was interesting that like she took a very similar path than you, that you did. So she's like, "Oh yeah, I had to deal with those cannibals or those well, crazy people." Yeah, Pittsburgh's and terrible. You have, and you have to remember that early <laughs> on in the game, when you agree to take the deal, it's because the Fireflies have ownership of your supplies and weapons that that other guy had taken from you and that's the deal you're parlaying with her yeah, is basically it's bullshit like, because you never get him back right yeah. but but that that's i guess that's life in the wasteland right I uh, guess. ownership is nine tenths of the the non-laws that exist in this alternate reality now i want to just sidestep into another point that we want to talk about here for the game the gameplay 
as well as the cinematics here. And the reason why I kind of want to put them together is just to discuss the fact that it's a Naughty Dog game. They make... Oh, man. They make a lot of... They made the, the Uncharted series. And why that's relevant here... And I say this for you, Kevin, just to kind of at least encourage you to play one of those games. Uh-huh. Do it. Is because they meld cinematics with gameplay, where your character will walk up... Uh, in, in Last of Us, there's one really big point where you're walking and it's just it's a cutscene. It's essentially for all intents and purposes a cutscene. It takes control away from you. And your character gets trapped in a trap that a rope wraps around his foot and lifts him upside down into the air. And it's a cinematic except for the fact that they now give you control upside down trying to shoot zombies. That is cool. It's it is cool. The way that they do it is so good. It's From so the fluid. train scene in Uncharted, you do the airplane. Yeah. It's it makes it so much more dynamic than your just run-of-the-mill walk-through, room-to-room. Yeah, Alex, you there's, mentioned There's that. even one scene where you're in a hotel, and you're climbing up a ladder, and you hit the prompt to climb up the ladder. Your character walks up the ladder, and at the top, an enemy cuts you, interjects, out. and he knocks you to the ground and then starts to drown you. And then you oh, have yeah, to... Oh, I, yeah, I, I did all that stuff. And um. the... The, the part that sticks out for me is the fact that it's so fluid and quick and you don't even realize that control is taken away from you. And then control is giving back to you so quickly right away again that it really kind of stands out as something that's that's something... It's 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 phenomenal. It's It keeps you engaged and it, you want to know more about it. And that's how it was for the Uncharted games too. There being more of a twist on, like, say, an Indiana Jones where you're run like it'll be a big cinematic and then all of a sudden a big giant boulder is coming at you and you have to run and you they automatically give you control sure. of your character. Sure. So I just I just want to say that that's a really good standout point for games like that that Naughty Dog does. All right. Uh, all right. Listen. I'll dive into one. Will you just play one already? Counterpoint. Uh, yeah. My experience with Uncharted is Uncharted 2. That's the only one I played through so far. And To be fair, that's one of the best ones. Right, this is what I heard, and what I recall of it is that it is pretty straightforward in how you're going from sequence to sequence, pausing, covering, and shooting, uh, maybe doing some light platforming and moving on. This game inserts a whole stealth element mm-hmm. that just really, really ups the challenge in it. And in the Uncharted games, I, I wouldn't call the gunplay all that great, or really the the gameplay in general all that great but it works well enough because it's meant to be interactive between those set piece sequences right counterpoint counterpoint (laughs) you should at least let me finish you know let him finish because (laughs) i also have a counterpoint yeah but but in in the last of us here it, it is imprecise gunplay the difficulty in trying to sense your surroundings it makes it really challenging to dip to certain parts and despite that i was able to get better at it to where i started enjoying the gameplay more but it is a big hurdle starting out yeah i have to agree Um, all right alex you want to go first i'm gonna cut off kevin okay (laughs) so the, the counterpoint I have to your counterpoint is that those the first couple Uncharted games were, were earlier in the cycle, uh, PS3, and then yes. uh, after Uncharted 3, they added, they, they came out with The Last of Us. Yeah, and actually, then, I just checked the dates. 2011 was Uncharted 3, 2013 was Last of Us, so yes. they had a couple mm-hmm. of years to develop that. 
because in Uncharted 4, they add those stealth mechanics mm-hmm. into the game, and they add uh, a little bit more dynamic gunplay. They start actually adding verticality with a grapple hook mechanic. So they, they do take Last of Us and take those mechanics and up it even higher to Uncharted 4, where some of the stuff that you would see in Uncharted 4, uh, you will say, man, that would have been good in Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to say that about everything when Last of Us 2 comes out. Yeah. Even uh-huh. that gameplay trailer that they had, what was it, two years ago? Almost two years ago yeah. at E3? Oh, my God. The way that Ellie switches between the rooms where she's able to like position herself and use the different items available. Oh, come on. Where's the game? <laughs> Uh, Now, I also want to do a real quick note for you guys who haven't played this game. There was also a very prevalent multiplayer scene Ah. that where people were dedicated to it because you could go and find, like there was one that was you would go and find survivors or you was just, you know, 4v4 match, you know, matchmaking battle royale. But you would find those objects that you would use. And this just goes in the mechanics. You scavenge and you find like alcohol bottles that you can then use to make first aid, or you could use it to make a Molotov cocktail. You can there's a, there's there's definitely that mechanic of okay, I'm gonna build something. Here oh yeah, and make you know, that, that's crafting. prevalent throughout the game. But they made an, a multiplayer game right. of it, right, that right, is, right, it, that has all those mechanics built in, and uh, the, that fan base was very good. Uncharted Four multiplayer was also pretty good. Yeah, it was. It's, it's again. There was a dedicated fan base. That's more well. It was a different multiplayer kind of thing too. Because I, I played a little bit of the Uncharted stuff uh, for two, and it was, it was that third person behind Can't the back. Keep going back to actions. two though, because that's my point of reference. <laughs> it's so long ago. It's like, hey, I played this game, Half Life, and I'm like, yeah, I played Half Life Five now. Look, it's not even all... out. Like, yes. You're we all past. know that Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 11 are basically the same game. I don't see what the I, problem is. But that's because it's a fighter. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to knock fighters here, but I'm just saying, like, the way that we've evolved in some of these third-person games, it's been really dynamic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Joel, did Take you like here. Did you like the cutscenes and how fluid it was to move between them? They worked well for the most part. Like, it's... It's something you have to get used to because it's not something that you quite understand that it's going to be a regular thing until it starts happening more than once. Like the first first hour or so outside of the prologue is really just like a slow going introduction and uh, tutorial. And it's not till after you get out of the town proper where you really start seeing some of that. And I think, like you said, it, it works mostly pretty seamlessly, and that's one of those benefits of them not going towards, like, rendered cutscenes is that you have the ability to make it look fluid and, and not seem out of place, like a Final Fantasy VII or something where, where you're going straight from blocky to semi-realistic-looking <laughs> characters. But Okay. Now, let's get a little bit into the acting. Did you... F- you felt like the the characters, the way the voice came. Uh, Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Do you think that that was something that? Do, th- do you think that there it was something praiseworthy in her performance? Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think both Joel and Ellie were very Troy clear. Baker. Yeah, they were clearly the standout performances of characters that were around for more than a minute. 
I think all the characters that had speaking lines outside of sort of generic callouts, if they're being attacking or being attacked, uh, mm-hmm. had pretty good dialogue, pretty good writing, decent performances. Uh, there were certain characters, like the guy at near the end, that uh, when you break away from, when Joel and Ellie break away, and she's looking for medicine, like he had his moments where it seemed sort of ham-fistedly evil, in a way, mm-hmm. you know. But besides that, I felt I felt like most of the characters' intentions and motivations were clear. Uh, so that's that's something that i kind of look for is if they're believable and most everybody seemed believable in this world awesome uh just as a note uh for anybody ashley johnson that waitress from the avengers movie in avengers one when they ask her how everything was after she was saved in the restaurant also on critical role for part of season two maybe even the first season yeah and she's campaign sorry and she's been in a number of uh she's a good voice actor yeah I was looking the, to see if there's anything else I can recognize her from. But there's I, she's really, got an ongoing TV show right now. Sorry, Joel. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of different, like, it's there's sort of these uh, accent points between beats where you're alone with Ellie, where you encounter other people, and you spend a little bit of time with them. And that that's really part, the parts where this game kind of shines for me more than anything is there's a kind of a low hum of seeing those interpersonal relationships grow between Joel and Ellie, but those points are kind of these places where you get to see how their relationship has evolved and then how they interact with outsiders from their tribe, right? And uh, it was like halfway through, I think, after you depart from Bill, that you encounter, uh, what's the guy's name with his brother? Ah, shit. Hold on. Bill? Well, Bill, Bill. Bill's like the, the survivor guy who's basically taken over a whole town that you did a favor to get a car. But after you leave town and you get into Philadelphia, you end Tommy. up... It's Tommy. Tommy? Tommy. Okay. Yep. Okay. I found their whole story and sort of the, the way that concluded pretty impactful. Mm-hmm. And just, it, it was abrupt, right? I think that's that's one of the big things that is a big draw to this game, too, is that they're not afraid to really just have an abrupt end to somebody that you've met and gotten to know in a way that, again, lends to the believability of the world and that something bad can happen at any moment and and things can just go completely tits up within minutes of interacting with people. Yeah, I mean, look at the decision. He decided he was just going to go without Tommy because his Tommy's wife scared Joel. And I think part of it is because... There was a relationship still building there with Joel and Ellie, and it was going to be, well, as we see, better than what was expected, or worse, now, uh, depending on how right you look bef- at it. Right before we go into the the twist, which is coming up right next, uh, I just want to stip, uh, dip into the gameplay. Joel, third-person shooter, there is a crafting mechanic where you craft items that are like very high level necessary there's a high level of necessity to these items because they will they'll make or make or break how you play the game whether they're first aid kits they're uh dust bombs you know uh i think uh shivs are a big thing Mm -hmm. now i remember you came to me and you said i don't think i'm i'm having as much fun as you guys might be and what i the way i put it was if the game is a very specific way the stealth for instance 
is difficult because being stealthy is is difficult and it's realistic to how I would be in those situations, how you would be in those situations, how you feel in those situations. You're nervous, you're scared, you're not you're hesitating, you're you're not using things that you might use because you're you're you're, you're kind of nervous about it and it isn't until you start to realize like I have to play like it is life or death. I have to use my items. I have to lean into these mechanics that the game kind of starts to really come together. So I, I will say when I said that to you guys, that was pretty early on in my experience. It was before I got to Philadelphia, I think, when I was closer to with uh, Bill and his uh, freak show. You mean <laughs> Pittsburgh? Going on. And, and, was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, with the cannibals. I knew it started, knew it started yeah. with a P. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, with the the Raiders. Yeah, and, not uh, the cannibals. Okay. It, it was right around or shortly after I got done with Bill and the, uh, what are those, bloaters. Yeah. Okay, bloater. Um, <laughs> so, so it's just, I, I think that uh, what I had learned after that and how I got better was understanding. It wasn't even that being stealthy so much, uh, although like being quiet was preferable, was that you can rotate the weapons and items you use in a way where the scarcity doesn't hurt you as much as it might if you focus on like the things you're most adept at. So especially as you get farther in the game, you end up picking up like four different heavy weapons, four different handgun type weapons, uh, a bow and arrow, and then you've got the like Molotov cocktails and other trinket items that you can really use to distract certain guys and then sneak up on and, and choke out or, or shiv someone. And you, you can really mow down these people as you get farther into it once you understand that without having to worry about running dry on ammo. I mean, I could go on a tangent here and tell you playing like I do can definitely benefit you in a game like this because then you get the shiv upgrades. You can use the shiv three times before it breaks. The mm-hmm. blast radius on your Molotov cocktail is increased by 20%. You just have to search for the items. You can find enough, uh, what is it, just scrap around to yeah. upgrade stuff. So you have to play very conservatively. You have to be very careful. And I think that's probably what we're going to see in the next one, too. So now we're at the thing that we came to. Let's talk about that ending. That the twist. It, 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 I wouldn't even call, like I put the twist, but I don't even know if I want to call it a twist. If only because uh, again, Joel at the at the moment messaged us and said like, "Well, that's it. That's what happens." <laughs> and I and I asked him, "Well, he's kind of a piece of shit." But I mean, I, would you? What would you do? And he goes, "I would probably do the same." I go, "Yeah, you're kind of a piece of shit. We're all pieces of shit. That's the whole point, and that's fine." I felt like the bad guy at that point. So when you Kevin, old face lied to her face and tell yeah. her, like, "Nah, so that's." Our, that's Harwood, you do. Do, you, do you know the ending yet? I do not. Okay. So you make it to the Fireflies Outpost, which is a hospital. Right. And you await to the hospital after being kind of choked out from some of their group. And the woman from the beginning is there and explains to you that basically, like, we're going to pay you. You can be on your way. And she explains to you that in order to extract whatever biology they need from Ellie to look to try to procure a cure, they have to go to the brain in order to... So, obviously, that would be like killing her and dissecting her brain to get it. And the ending is basically you going through this hospital on a rampage trying to 
get to Ellie, save her from being cut open, and then getting out. I still say that makes you the bad guy. Well, I guess from a greater good standpoint, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, but... Um, so, so you get through all of that, and then you escape with Ellie with a car. And basically, she asks you what happened in the car, and you say to her something to the effect of, they found other ch- people who had been uh, immune to the bite. Oh, man. These things, and that they don't need you anymore. So you left. Well, and then she says something along the lines of, like, you wouldn't lie to me, right? And he's like, no, right. I wouldn't lie yeah. to you. Right. A- Asteroid face. A- afterward, as they're walking along. I'm not fully dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. A- at-, at the end, he she, like she stops him and says, like, you know, you swear to me that, you know, what you said is true. And he looks at her and says, I swear. And they move on. Man. Feel bad. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, I guess. So, like, what I told Alex at the time was that, one, I was kind of waiting for some sort of glimmer of hope (laughs) in the ending. Like, because I I know, like, it doesn't make sense with the context of the world being basically fucked. And so this makes more sense as an ending in that way. But a lot of games do try to at least, like, lead people on with the idea of... uh, a twinge of hope at an ending like this. Okay, but but this, this felt this felt very much cinematic, like a like a this is what a movie ending would do. A good movie. It's not right. called Clarify. the first of us. Exactly. Like it's not called the first of us. It's called the no. last of us. Well, that's kind of what I said to him. Like, of when us did either. They, yeah. I said, when did the, they give him hope? The last of us two. The worst right. of us. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, it's something that I felt was coming telegraphed, you know, which is kind of probably why I hit the like that's it <laughs> kind of mindset is that I was waiting for that ending that sort of because they, they give you little glimpses of them having a, a twinge of a good relationship and or at least Joel opening up and being more open with Ellie about things. And you sort of expect towards the end of, of there being some sort of resolution that lets them move on without any doubt. And it's instead just this, nope, gonna lie to you. The world's still screwed, and you may have wanted to, you may prefer to die for the greater good of this, but I can't let go of you. you know? Yep. Yep. And now I feel terrible. <laughs> you know, again, I would have done the same thing, so none of that really phases me. Be like, you know what? I know I'm not the best person, and I'm probably not the one to save humanity, but damn it if I'm gonna try to save what I love. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like I said, it, it made sense within the context of the world, and like Daddy sort of added on to it. it. It's what a good movie would end on in this kind of story. It just it took me by surprise. So that was The Last of Us. So now the only thing left is to give uh, anybody have any final comments they want to bring up real quick. Now we have to talk about how shameful each of us is. Yep, here we go. I had 30 deaths, but I did put an asterisk because I felt like some of them weren't fair. Maybe I'm whining. Uh, three due to bad camera angles and one due to my partner dying, not me. I'm off killing and smoking zombies over there, and he apparently got tackled and wasn't paying attention. Well, you Yeti? can cry as much as you want. I only had 15, so that's, uh, what was it, 75 push-ups? Yes, sir. Yep. It was awful. Uh, I attribute at least... Six of them to the kill room or the death room with Ellie, where you are trying to <laughs> fend off a horde and you don't have the shiv to protect you. So, yeah. Joel? 
37. Uh, it, it should have been 38, but uh, true story, when we're at the bill section where you're going through town and Joel's warning Ellie not to go through tripwires, I, I crawled under and then I looked back behind me and Ellie just walked straight through and it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it didn't kill her. So it was like, it, it, it's like it, it exploded and she didn't react at all to it. But I was expecting to be number 38, but I survived. Uh, so now, Joel, we had discussed with video game homework. How would you rate this game? I would give it an A. I think that uh, it's pretty masterful storytelling, writing, acting. I, I think that the the gameplay is good with some caveats about how it can be frustrating at times, but the juice is worth the squeeze. Like it, it was worth going over the hump to be able to experience some of these story beats, even though by the end of it, I was probably ready for it to be done. I gave it an A+, but still short of an S rank. Highest ranking being an S. I, again, like you, I felt like some of those stealth, you know, some of those stealth points, and also just some of those camera angles started to show a little bit of age when I would get the camera kind of hooked on a, on a wall or something, and it wouldn't, it refused to move. And, and also just some of those scripting moments where, like, Ellie would kind of walk behind you. Or even Bill, I remember a couple times I'm sneaking through and I'm killing, like, two or three zombies, and then Bill stands up and just starts shotgunning people. Mm-hmm. Getty, what would you rate it? I'm right there with you, Alex. A+. Plus. This, the couple of janky moments that kept me from giving it an S rank this time. Hartwig, I highly recommend you finish this game. Yeah. I right definitely now. will. Go I, finish I'm, it. I'm not going to finish it right now. What are you yes, doing? Go play. Go I, finish. Worlds be more times. likely finding me downloading Disco Elysium. Yep. Okay. Are you just <laughs> reading up on it the whole time we've been talking? No. <laughs> Come on. Why would you... Why would you even suggest something so I know you. Absurd? We're the same person. No, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia <laughs> right now. I've got some time for Rocket League after this if you're interested. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm moving us forward now. That was gross. Okay. on to one last thing one last thing where we go over just our one last statement one last sentence something for us to lead into the weekend and lead you guys into your work week for me all this gaming and i'm still behind on what i want to play before the end of the year i just started three no i just started felix the reaper and that game is adorable Uh, also side note uh disco elysium 40 bucks on steam all right that's a pricey indie I mean, again, it's not 60, so that's good. Uh, Joel, one last thing. Uh, Nets extra live stream at my place? Uh, maybe. We broke a chair, so. Hmm. Broke a chair? When? <laughs> <laughs> Our chairs are kind of crappy. Oh. God, was it me? Uh, uh, Getty. <laughs> uh, next year, even if it's at Joel's, before we start, I am going to sleep the day before so that I'm not on, like, a 40-hour marathon. Dude, I tried to sleep the day before, yeah, and I could not. So I was awake for 42 hours. 
All right, so I still have a penis on my shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, Hartwig was sleeping on the couch, and I'm browsing Twitter at 2 in the morning. That sounds very (laughs) sexual. It felt that way, too. Uh, Kevin, draw one last thing. Oh, bring me some solid snake. Any day would be lovely. Um, So my next session of Metal Gear, Kevin, uh, is going to be Friday, November 29th, a special day after Thanksgiving episode. So bring your food comas over to the Twitch channel. And in your stead, I will probably be streaming a little bit of Felix the Reaper and Death Stranding just to keep that Uh, Kojima vibe going. All right, before we go, one more time, one more round of applause. And one more shout out to everyone who came out and donated or supported us, sat around in the chat with us, talked with us, friends, families, and listeners. Uh, None of this was possible if it wasn't for the help of all of you. So uh, this really big thank you to everybody that was involved, everybody that retweeted, everybody was in chat, uh, all of our friends and family. Hell yeah. Yeah, it it was... Uh, exceeding my expectations about how much we got donated, uh, how much support we got early, and, and then even some people who found us along the way and donated while we were streaming. So yeah, it's greatly appreciated. And if it we goes look at the great cause. yeah, start of the day to the end of the day, guys, we we did amazing and thank everyone. Double yeah. thanks. Yep. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where uh, we're still going with Multiplayer Mondays and 2D Tuesdays, Metal Gear Fridays. Uh, funny enough, Joel forgot about 2D Tuesdays. <laughs> no, I didn't. You totally did. I was in chat for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, confirm. Also, our review for Super Liminal will be going up tonight on our WordPress blog. I just hit submit. As well as uh, our YouTube channel is still going strong with uh, the replays of Multiplayer Mondays, 2D Tuesdays, and Your Fridays. I am currently working on downloading all 24 hours of The Extra Life and will be editing down, editing them down to a couple hour chunks uh, per section. So like, I think we'll do like the, the four hours of Silent Hill, the four hours of The, Witcher, of the Blair Witch, and all of the Tournament of Power. So, God bless you. I'm going to try to edit it down. We'll see. I don't want to pay for editing software. We can probably cut about an hour of Harwood fumbling around with the Blair Witch. All right. That feels, you know. (laughs) It feels right. We all know that the best piece of material that you guys got was the three and a half hours of me narrating that fucking dating game. So. (laughs) No, that's. that's I don't want to boost your self-esteem, okay? No, but that's a real big highlight. I can't wait to. To get a three and a half of hours of just Colonel Sanders with Harvick. That'll be awesome. A-schlein. A-schlein. Your huge ass thighs. T-H-I-C-C. Yep, sick. Uh, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the White Claw flavor of your choice. Thanks for listening. I hate you. <laughs> GG Kevin. GG. Good game, Joel. Good game. And GG Getty. GG. Good night, everybody. Good night.